You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM coming to you live on RowanRadio.com channel 2. It is the Monday edition of Offsides here on October 16th, 5.06, now 5.07 as I say that, p.m. uh, here in Glassboro. I'm your host Aaron Hook. I'm joined today uh, by three guests in the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Jordan Weisinger and Chris DeZillo are in the studio with me and we've got Aiden Ray um, right across the glass from us here in the uh, WGLS studio. And so uh, we've got a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, two New York sports teams um, going, or two two New York football teams going at it uh, last night. Um, and obviously two different results uh, between the Jets uh, and the Giants. And I've got three Giants fans uh, here with me. Um, and so... I, th- I think we'll just dive right into that. And, uh, you know, Eagles-Jets, I guess, is a more relevant topic um, with the uh, with the, fi- with the Philly market. What <laughs> the Philly market? <laughs> just keep your, keep your laptop in check, man. I don't even want to know what that what's on that search history. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Giants. <laughs> Giants say that? Giants, <laughs> Giants and Jets um, last night. Um I want to get your guys' take on the game because, um, you know, the game seemed over at one point late in the fourth quarter. Bills kind of mismanaged um, the situation that they had about a minute 40 left. Uh, Giants couldn't even stop the clock, and um, they end up kicking a field goal, missing it. And then the Giants had a chance to go down the field with Tyrod Taylor um, and win the game. And uh, there were a, a, a couple – kind of uh, controversial plays at the end of the game. So uh, I, I know all three of you guys were in the sports department chat last night voicing your, your opinions right after the game. So whoever wants to take it away, I mean, I've got three uh, giant fans in front of me, so whoever wants to lay it out. I'll start first, I guess. Go ahead, so, Jordan. From a, from a viewership standpoint, this game was, at least through the first half, pretty mediocre. I mean, it was 6 nothing going to halftime. The Giants fumbled the opportunity to make it uh, at least twelve uh, nothing, not counting, not including the uh, extra point, and they completely mismanaged that play. Tyrod Taylor calls for uh, the audible. They run it with Saquon, and he gets stopped. And honestly, there should have been a foul called after that play because the Bills did tr- do their best to you know fall on top of Barkley so he can't get up. But that is a penalty in the rule book. So I'm surprised that wasn't called, but it doesn't excuse what Tyrod Taylor did in that situation. We saw Dable scold him a little bit on the sideline, but this Giants offense, it's just so, it's so bad. Um, with Daniel Jones, I think they definitely win this game, but should have, would have, could have. He's hurt right now from his injury last week against Miami. It's just, it's not what you want 
the defense did play just incredible, though. If they could play like this the rest of the season, we could fall into some more wins. The front seven looks legit. It looks like a top front seven in the league. The secondary was really good. Deontay Banks, uh, he looks like he's finally starting to break out a little bit. And Bobby Okereke, one of the best free agent acquisitions this offseason. He forced a fumble. Um, he broke up a couple passes for a pick. It was He just had a great game. The defense played great, and they did all they could last night. And it came down to that final play um, with Darren Waller. And, yeah, it's tough. I, I say it's a holding, but... I, I agree, and I yeah, think, you know... That's for, all I have to say about it. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, when you... And they were, after the play last night on, on TV, they were... Um, they brought in, like, a rules analyst, uh, just the Sunday night rules analyst. And he was like, it, it, it's a play where you have to determine if the contact, the hold, the grab of the jersey, Chris, um, affected Waller's ability to go get the ball. And at first I was like, okay, you know, they they, they tried it once to him and, and he got the P.I. call on the play before. You're set up at the one. And, you know, at first my reaction was like, okay, I mean, you got your chance – and, you know, you blew it, essentially. But the more I've seen the play, the more that, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, wooed into thinking that, like, man, that is a really bad missed call by the referees. And I get it. You know, two penalty calls in a row, especially out on the untimed down, would be like, okay, like, yeah, you know, like, what are we doing the here? The pretty bad last night. I, I also want to mention the Jalen Hyatt 50-yard reception. Mm-hmm. They call Evan Neal for a legal man downfield. He didn't affect the play whatsoever. I I, I, I hate that penalty, honestly. And even if, even if he did, he didn't really do it to its full extent. He didn't move forward after he uh, broke free from his block. He moved lateral, or, or not laterally, um, ho- uh, horizontally away from the play. He didn't affect it whatsoever. I don't understand how that's called. It takes away a huge gain, the biggest one of the game. We probably scored that drive. And let's say we kick a field goal on that. We don't even get the full touchdown six points we kick a field goal at the end of the game if we have those three points we win mm-hmm. which so many chances to win this game the refs didn't help us out but we also need to play better offensively how about that pass interference uh the, not pass interference the roughing rough the, the passer, passer. that yeah, was that, horrible that was bad too he didn't even t- make contact with his head he made a contact with his shoulder i understand trying to um limit head injuries and one of that he barely touched him that starts with not roughing the passer and plays like that he didn't go for the head. He didn't go for the lower body. As soon as Allen lets go of the ball, he like he's in the it's a jump throw. I mean, what do you expect the defenders to do? Just lay him to the ground to put him to sleep? <laughs> like tuck him in a little bit? It's crazy. It's there were a, a lot of bad penalties yesterday across the whole NFL. But if the NFL wants to beat these allegations of like cheating or favoring teams, it has to start with letting the little teams get away stuff. Like I know the Giants are a big market, but. You're telling me if Mahomes and Kelsey at the end of the game had that called against them, they would it would be a penalty? Probably would be. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely frustrating. Um, you know, I, I think it's a product now in the NFL where, you know, it's kind of similar to the NBA where the stars are going to get star-type calls, and these star quarterbacks are going to get calls that, yeah, you're right, Jordan, you know, if Daniel Jones is, is hit on that play, uh, is, it a, is it a roughing call? That's, that's up for debate, but... You know, Chris, just this game in a vacuum, like, Jordan's right. I think the Giants had a lot of chances to win this game. And Buffalo, on the other hand, and, you know, we can dive deeper into them. Uh, I just don't think they played a, a, a very good game. I mean, um, you know, Stephon Diggs with 10 catches in this one. But outside of that, 
Um, you know, Allen completes 10 of his 19 passes to Dids. Um, and, and they really they blew a lot of chances as well to kind of separate themselves for the Giants and it ended up with the Giants actually having a chance to go down and win this game, which would have been huge. I mean, would have sent the Bills to 3-3, three and three, first of all. That's, that's why I was pointing for the Giants. But it would have been a huge win just to at least save – the season, I think. I mean, you know, keep hope in that building. But now at one and five, um, are you kind of turning more towards already looking at looking at the draft? I mean, I I I I know the feeling. Believe me, is that where you're kind of at? Yeah, I mean, I looked at today. If if the season ended today, we were, we would have the fifth pick of the draft. If fifth, fifth pick, yeah. So in in a draft like this, you're almost hoping that. You maybe lose a few more games because, right? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they do. I, I mean, the season's already going downhill. I mean, you don't know if Daniel Jones is going to come back with that neck injury. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, man. I mean, what I expect from this team at its like highest chance is, um, or I, I should say, lowest chance of happening. But what I would like to see is they make a Lions type run from last year. We they started off pretty bad and they finished with nine wins on the year, just missed the playoffs. This team has everything it needs to make a run. We saw it last night with the defense. If this offense can just do something competent, at least, it's been awful this year. We can definitely make a run. We saw last year and beat those teams, but I don't. Th- we're already too big of a hole for that to even happen, in my opinion. And I, w- I want to bring you in and talk to you about the offense. I mean, obviously, Tyrod Taylor gets the start last night. 24-36, 200 yards, um, no touchdowns or picks. <clears throat> Uh, he, I mean, you know, that, that last drive, uh, I think the Bills were content with letting the Giants march down the field, um, obviously until they got inside the red zone. Then they were like, okay, um, because the Giants obviously at that point were going to have to take a couple shots to the end zone. Um, but Tyron Taylor made some nice throws on that last drive. Uh, but the Giants offense, um, you know, to these guys' points that they've been making, um, it, it, it's in a place where... I, I just don't think it's enough. And it's not like the numbers are bad at all from last night. Um, you know, I think Tyrod did a good job spreading the ball around. Wandale Robinson, eight catches. That's That's got to be a career high, no? For Wandale? For Wandale, yeah. right? Uh, I'm happy they're utilizing him a little more. And Hyatt's stat line would have looked better. He would have had four catches for, like, 70 yards because of that 151. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this offense is that far away from being one of the top 15 in the league. Mm-hmm. You look at the what the, the names they have, Saquon in the backfield. They have Darren Waller. He's a top-five tight end. Hyatt and Robinson, they're great slot guys. The Giants are really one top-tier receiver away from just bringing the attention to him and letting the other guys <clears throat> be able to do their thing more consistently. Aiden, like, I, it seems like, you know, the Giants, uh, for them, do, do you think it's more of a personnel thing out there, more coaching? I mean, um you know, with Dable last night and the fact that they were 5-1 and one last year through six games, now they're 1-5. and five. just seems like a lot of issues with this Giants team. Where do you kind of, like, place more of the blame? Hold on. I don't think we have you, Aiden. One second. Let me try it again. Go. <laughs> All right, we don't have Aiden right now. We're gonna we're gonna cut to break in a minute, and then I'll get you fixed up in there. Sorry, but um, for now, guys, I, I think just looking at the Giants going forward, um, you know, again, they they had a chance in this one to get Buffalo to three and three. Um, they've got the Commanders, 
this upcoming week. Uh, then the Jets, who are on a bye this week. At Vegas, at Dallas, at Washington. The schedule for the Giants actually, you know, mm. I think five of their next six games are, are pretty winnable. Um, yeah. Washington twice. I mean, Washington's not a bad team, but we've seen the Giants have, have you know, gotten them in the past. The Jets, I think that is that is a winnable game. I'll I'll, I'll admit it. It's winnable, um, but at the same time, if you guys didn't have the defense that we saw from yesterday, I would say it's huh. a win. Yeah, I can't say that right now. Vegas and then the Patriots. I mean, Dallas is in there. You're gonna be in Dallas. I I don't see you guys winning that game, yeah. but every other game, I think the Giants, you know, at least have a shot in, especially if Daniel Jones plays. Chris, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I have nothing else. <laughs> It's te- it's horrible being a Giants fan yeah. right now. Yeah, and you know I really do feel for you guys because we're in the same boat, kind of. Well, at least from the past we used seven to be in years. the same boat. I don't think we're in the same boat anymore. I'm gonna say that. All right, confidently. All right, but the I mean, Giants I mean, were you, Giants if, were in if, a if different. If Rogers were still playing, we you wouldn't. But Giants were in a different lead last year. I mean, they actually had a great year last year, and it's. I mean, they showed a stat on Sports Center after the game. Everything has just gone backwards. <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's weird. If you like. From 2017 on, after that one fluke playoff appearance in 16. That was the boat pitcher? The yeah, right. Infamous boat pitcher. <laughs> but after after that boat pitcher, after that game taking place, since 17 till um, till now, excluding last year. It's been rough. It's been the same team. Yeah. Like, if last year didn't happen, and at the end of 21, the Giants were like, all right, we're this bad. Let's see how we built through the draft. And we started this year. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. It's the same team. And, and it was a year coming in after the season they had last year that they were hoping to actually build on yeah. last year, it's right? It's like and last year we were like a 13-win team. We barely scraped into the playoffs at nine wins. I thought we'd replicate that this year, but I, I at guess least, not. At least there was a foundation yeah. there. And you figure with Dable coming back um, and Tafter <clears throat> remaining as the OC, a lot of people thought he would get poached. Um, He's got to go. Taft, so bad. That's a conversation, too, the, the, the play calling in. For Mike Kafka, um, I just want to kind of pitch your guys' brains on that before we go to break really quick. I mean, do you think the play calling, where would you rank it in terms of, like, issues right now with this team, play calling? Of all the issues on the team? Yeah, you don't have to give me a number. Just, like, do you think it's a very pressing issue, or do you think uh, there's a lot more they got to figure out before a little, they... A little bit, but I think the biggest concern is the offensive line. But even without... Um, play calling like if you can't play call how are you expected to move the ball forward you can't just give it to Saquon the entire time and find Darren Waller out there the play call need to work needs to work and we've seen Dayball really take charge with that how if like infuriating he's been or infuriated he's been um because of Kafka we've seen that a little bit on the sideline and because of that I think he's taken charge I think yesterday was a big uh Dayball game I think he really wanted that one and a return to Buffalo and yeah, this offense is the major concern, I would have to say. Like you asked, what's um, is play calling the biggest one? I think it's just the offense as a whole. Yeah, I mean, Giants, you know, I lied, nine points in last night's game. I mean, it was almost enough to actually win you the game. Uh, Buffalo didn't score till the fourth quarter, obviously. Um, all 14 of their points coming there. So Giants falling to one and five. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL, um, get into uh, some playoff baseball. I've actually got the Rangers Astro game up in the, uh, conference studio just across the window from us here. I did see Jordan Alvarez went deep a moment ago and made it a 4-1, um, game in that one game to the ALCS. We'll get into that. NLCS tits off tonight as 
I'm sure every one of you know, Phillies, Diamondbacks, game one, 8.07 p.m. We'll talk about that and uh, perhaps some college football stuff uh, at the end of the show as well. Uh, but we're going to take a quick step off here on Offsides, and uh, we will be right back. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car and he came home and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is um, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. Store your gun securely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at infamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. A fistful of quarters and head on over to the 80s arcade Saturday mornings from 10 till noon on Rowan Radio. Come celebrate the decade of decadence with me, Lee Kirshner. Enjoy awesomely rad artists and totally tubular hits. Oh, it's a blast from the neon colored past. It's the 80s arcade every Saturday morning starting at 10, right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM, and also online at RowanRadio.com. <laughs> Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. This is Offsides here on this Monday, October the 16th, 2023, 524 p.m. here in Glassboro, New Jersey, uh, where the weather last couple weeks has uh, really taken a turn. Uh, it's been very chilly these last couple weeks, but uh, we're bundled up here in the WGLS studios. I've got Jordan Weisinger, Chris DeZillo, and Aiden Ray uh, across the way from me, and um, I think we have figured out the uh, technical issues uh, with Mr. Ray, and so Aiden, I want to bring you on, talk some Giants, man, I mean, you're a Giants fan as well, um, and uh, I just want to get your thoughts on, on the game this week, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the game this week, and um, I think, I'm trying to get Aiden, he might not be able to hear me, um, <sighs> Thought I figured that out. Um, all right. I guess for now we can uh, we can move on to uh, to the Jets and the Giants, um, or just the Jets. 
Um, yeah, they uh, the Jets won yesterday. They did. They beat the Eagles. Um, Jordan, it was a big win for the Jets. Get the three and three going into the bye. I don't think I would have said that six weeks ago if you asked me when Aaron Rodgers went down. Um, but yeah, three and three going into uh, the bye week for uh, the New York Jets, and the defense plays exceptionally well. Um, they knock off the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts throws three pits in this game. We've got In Ray coming into uh, the studio now. You guys want to lend him a mic? Is that what we're gonna try and do here? Yeah. All right. Someone, someone, give me your mic. There you go. All right. And we got you in here now. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, I just I want to ask you about the Giants because we were going to get to you before, uh, and then we'll go back to the Jets. But uh, the Giants, man, one and five. Uh, can't hang on against the Bills last night. What what was going through your mind? Real stuff. I wasn't like too mad at this because like I thought we were going to get destroyed last night. But like now, like seeing all these like bad calls by the refs, like this is just starting to kick in right now. And it's, yeah, um, the the Bills, it wasn't how the Bills were usually, like, playing last night. The Giants, the offense did not look good. Also, the play calling was just embarrassing. That's, especially end of the second quarter, when they, like, decided to run a, do a run play, no timeouts remaining, and then the fourth quarter, oh, you're just going to pass when you, it's, it's the one-yard line, the one-yard line. But real stuff, Bobby Okereke. Played phenomenal. All I gotta, what I gotta say for him, deflected to make McFadden get the interception, and then also the forced fumble. But overall, it's just uh, rough, rough ending. But hey, it's at least I just expected us to get destroyed. But it's all. <laughs> yeah, le- yeah. At least um, it was it was a close game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did play a close game. Um, and I I think what the effort. <clears throat> By the Giants into a team like the Bills, it was admirable. I I do think though that the Bills kind of, you know, played down uh, to the Giants level a little bit in this one. I mean, Giants were banged up, um, and so uh, yeah. But I mean, obviously, just a, a disappointing night for Giants fans. And as you heard Aiden say, just kind of like they, it, it's weird, Chris. Right? Something you just don't really like know how to feel at this point, right? Because you're you're like kind of you kind of want to win that game last night, but at the same time you're like, okay, maybe if we lose, it's like maybe it's even better if we <laughs> if we don't win this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, and there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you had the Damian Harris injury in this game that stopped the game for about ten minutes, um, and uh, luckily he did give a thumbs up as he was uh, carted <clears throat> off the field. Scary scene there, especially in Buffalo with what happened um, back in January. Obviously, uh, the Demar Hamlin situation, but. Um, bunch of storylines in this one also. I mean, Dable coaching against the Bills, of course, and Tyrod playing his former team um, in Buffalo. And so, yeah, uh, in, you know, New York coaching all those guys from the Bills. So it was an interesting crossover last night. But back to the Jets because that's, what's, that what, that's what really matters. Um, they're tearing New York football right now. Uh, three and three. I'll pump the brakes there. I mean, they do. I mean, the, I mean, the win yesterday was great. It was great. Uh, one of the best wins, maybe the best win in recent Jets history. Um, they knocked off the previously unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles, um, who, you know, came into this one. And there were a lot of injuries in this game too, Chris. I mean, Jets were out were without Sauce Gardner. Um, they were without 
DJ Reed in the secondary. They were without Brandon Eccles in the secondary. Um, Jets were banged up. You know, so were the Eagles. No Darius Slay. Uh, A.J. Brown had a field day, man, against these uh, practice squad Jets corners. <laughs> um, he really did. Uh, A.J. Brown had a big game, but, I mean, they forced Jalen Hurts into uh, three interceptions. Um, they knocked the ball loose from DeAndre Swift, um, you know, in the fourth quarter to, to propel their comeback. Um, this Jets team, man, they have found ways to win the last two weeks, despite it being a little shaky. Um, especially in the first half. The first half for the Jets is, is still a struggle. They need to figure that out. Can't continue to get out to slow starts in games. Um, I know the score was you know close at halftime in this one, Chris, but for the Jets, um, you know, it's weird for me too because I, I, I like the way that Zach Wilson has looked the, the last few weeks, honestly. Um, obviously still pulling for Aaron Rodgers to get back. I mean, he was on the field throwing um might come back sooner than sooner than people expect no crutches no boot i mean this is a guy who a little over a month ago guys remember achilles jets first name was was september 11th a little over a month ago he completely tore his achilles tendon and now with no crutches no walking boot nothing he's just on the metlife turf playing catch right it's pretty crazy um but the Jets, yeah, three and three at the bye. I, I did, Chris. I don't think you know I would have believed you if you told me they would be uh, when Rodgers got hurt. So, do you, I have a question for you though? Yeah, where do you have them going for the rest of the for the rest of the season? <laughs> even though they even they beat the Eagles, but I, I mean, I I really think what their what their schedule coming up. I really do think that the defense is special, and they can keep them in just about any game. I think. You, you've seen examples of that, not just this season with the Buffalo win and, you know, the, obviously the Chiefs game and they just beat the Eagles yesterday. But even last year, man, they were they were competing with good teams and they even beat good teams last year. Um, they beat Buffalo once last year as well. Josh Allen struggled in that game. Um, I mean, they have the Giants in two weeks. I'm, I'm thinking that's probably a win. Probably. Uh, you're, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, I mean, I would be disappointed if they lost to the Giants. Let's just put it that way. Um, even if Daniel Jones is back, um, and obviously it's not really a home game for either team at MetLife. You get uh, the advantage of that though, because you're away for the uh, Giants-Jets game, so you get mm-hmm. that extra home game technically. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's kind of a loophole, I guess. Um, but I mean, you know, the Chargers after that, they're a good team. Vegas, then you had to go to Buffalo, then Miami. Um, you had a little bit of break, Atlanta and Houston. I mean, can the Jets get to three and three? Can they get to nine wins? I, I think mean, it's possible. I think nine wins. Um, we knew it's the state of the AFC right now. Nine wins could be enough to have you as as that last wild card spot. Yeah, their schedule isn't really that tough either. Mm-hmm. Like for people who said the, the Jets wouldn't even make the playoffs with Rodgers on this team, they're three and three without Rodgers. Yeah, and I mean that yeah. loss to the Patriots is brutal. I mean, how close are they to being five and one? They should have won that Chiefs game, as and they and they should have beaten the Patriots. And yeah, the Patriots game was just yeah, they lost by five. I agree. I mean, you're right. No, they are very right close there. to right being there. five and one. And um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think the defense really can keep them in um in just about any game going forward. So I mean my 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 hopes were kind of crushed after Rodgers got hurt but now I think my expectations are go, go make the playoffs man. I mean what you have comes back too. 
Rodgers? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's more of the merrier. Then we have a at least a serviceable backup in Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. I mean, at least you know that he can go out there and do something. My thing with Rodgers is he's always obviously – he is a little bit mobile of escaping the pocket, looking to get a throw <clears> off, but yeah. he's at the end of his career anyway. <clears throat> with the injury, too, I don't know how, how well he's going to be able to do yeah. some of that stuff. My thing with that, though, is his career is like it's almost – completed he only has probably two three years left anyways what's what's the worst that can happen if um he goes out there and it's not let's say it's 75 percent healed it's a wild card game you have to play him yeah he <laughs> i think he has the same mindset and i think he'd want to he's he said he this is the term he used he said he's aggressively rehabbing it i mean he wants to get out there how like, much time does he have left that's the question like asap you know and i think you're right i think that's a great point i think he realizes that like you know, I came to New York for a reason, probably to finish my career here, uh, and I want to play as much as possible before it's really over. Yeah. Um, this isn't like Mahomes going down. Like, if, if it's Mahomes, you take all the time you need. But Rodgers is 40. Yeah. His time's almost up. And the Jets, I mean, I said it. The Jets in the offseason were Aaron Like, Aaron Rodgers was the Jets. Yeah. And the yeah. Jets were Aaron Rodgers. He was their identity. Um, the Jets have found kind of a new identity, which – even with Rodgers healthy, if he was playing every week, obviously he would be the top story. But the defense would have been pretty good, if not great, regardless. But, yeah, we'll see for the Jets. I mean, obviously a huge win. and Man, was it sweet. Um, I've got hi- history of sport in Philly tomorrow, and I'm going to rock that Jets jersey very proudly tomorrow morning. Let uh, Neil Hartman know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I mean I'm going to let everybody know. <laughs> it was so sweet. So sweet handing them their first loss. Jets had never beaten the Eagles before that. Everyone talks about it. 0-12. Yeah. First time ever. Biggest win in Jets history against the Eagles. <laughs> a lot of trash talk, um, but the Jets do end up getting it done. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's shift the needle here to uh, what's currently going on. Got ALCS Game 2. Um, looking across the way. Uh, Aiden, we're at, uh, we're at commercial break, I see. Um, end of the inning there a moment ago. Is it is it five one Texas? Yeah, five one Rangers. Um, middle of the third inning. I mean, the Rangers haven't lost a playoff game yet, Aiden. Um, they defeat Houston uh, in game one, two nothing. Jordan Montgomery pitches a shutout. Uh, they got Evaldi going on the hill now. I mean, Houston. You know, I was scared of them. Um, going into the playoffs, I was like, okay, Houston always performs well, especially <clears throat> at home. But Texas, man, I mean, they are on something right now. Um, and with Bruce Bochy as their manager, obviously three-time world champ, um, he's making them look like the Giants teams of old where, you know, the pitching is on, uh, the offense, you know, while not stellar, I mean, they've got a really good hitter in Corey Seager, a bunch of good hitters around him, uh, Dolis Garcia, Marcus Semien, but it's all just clicking at the right time. The, the bullpen too, Aiden. Um, so... Texas right now it's dangerous. I mean, up five to one in this game, and they're yet to lose a a playoff game. They might be up two zero going back to to Arlington here. I mean, we're gonna see what happens here today, but they have looked good in this postseason, as I've mentioned, and I'm definitely happy for their fan base as they have um, witnessed some like rough years after 2016. Jordan Montgomery last night, the former Yankee, um, he put six in the third inning, six in the third innings, pitched very well last night against. That Astros team struck out Jordan Alvarez three times, three times. One mm-hmm. of the most dangerous hitters in the sport. By the way, he had a home, he um has the um, only Astros run um as of right now. But yeah, um, I'm happy for the Rangers right now. But we're gonna see what happens um in this game as it's the middle of the third inning. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it would really be incredible for the Rangers to go up two nothing, take both in Houston, Jordan. Where you know we know um, as Yankee fans, it's just so tough to win there. But Texas already five runs going into uh, the bottom of the third here. Uh, what are you making of, of their run? I, I think it's been really fun to watch them and, and Arizona on the other side in the NL, uh, two teams that have not lost in the postseason yet. So yeah. Um... I'm more surprised by how consistent they've been able to be because they started out as one of the best teams in baseball and they kind of plateaued a little bit headed towards the uh, into September. Obviously, that big losing streak didn't help them. I think they lost like 7 of 10 at one point. They really uh, limped into the playoffs, lost that division lead, had to go and play the 99-win Tampa Bay Rays, and they swept them. I was uh, pretty impressed that they were able to shut down that Tampa Bay offense, and then they go into Baltimore. Best team in the American League. Sweep them. Um, I'm more impressed by, like I mentioned, how consistent they've been able to be. The offense, I'm I'm not surprised it showed up. They Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, Nate, Nate Lau, Josh Young, um, Jonah Heim is a really good catcher. But this pitching staff has been able to really keep them afloat and put them over the top. Um, Avaldi and Montgomery have done their job. Yep. And the biggest concern for me was their bullpen, and it's been light, lights out this far, this far. And they're on pace to win their seventh straight playoff game this year. I bl- Yeah, yep. seven. So they could be going back to Texas up to 0 with Max Scherzer on the mound for game three. Two former Yankees doing it, Montgomery and Evaldi. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, but Nate's on the uh, mound right now. He's pitching to uh, Jeremy Pena, but... Um, what a run it's been, Chris, again, for Texas. Um, and Jordan said, you know, Texas, uh, what, what were they? They were first in the division up until the last game of the season. I mean, they, Houston and Seattle were also, Crazy. like, fighting with the Rangers. But then, like, the Rangers um, fumbled the division the yeah. last day of the season. But then that was able, they were able to um, win the postseason games that they could. And, Chris, they blew the division lead to Houston. And, you would figure there's some animosity going into this series. Maybe that's the chip on the shoulder that Texas has right now. It's like, all right, you know, sure, take your AL West title. We've seen you win it the last few years anyway. But uh, we're going to come into your house, and we're going to show why we're the better team. And, I mean, they're doing that to this point, right? Yeah, I mean, as a Yankee fan, it's it's great to see them uh, whooping them right now. Um, Avaldi and uh, and uh, Montgomery pitching amazing. It's great. It's great to see. Yeah, I mean, Matt Scherzer going for Game Three is crazy, right? I mean, you're up two nothing in a playoff series, and you can hand the ball to Matt Scherzer at home. Uh, pretty wild stuff there, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Houston, uh, ninety wins in the regular season. Losing record at home, though. Um, yeah, they're really good on the road this year. At Minute Maid. That's, that's, this series is not over. That's interesting yet. how they were bad at home this year. Because in the postseason, uh, they they have historically, I mean, especially this recent run of theirs, uh, they've been really, really good um, in Houston at Minute Maid Park. Uh, Rangers, <laughs> four runs in the first, uh, and then Jonah Heim homering uh, probably about 10 minutes ago now to make it a 5-1 game. I told you Jordan Alvarez. Um, got the Astros on the board. So a 5-1 game in Houston right now um, with the Rangers up one nothing in that best of seven series. But, uh, guys, did, did did you know that it's uh, Red October tonight? Did you know that? Did you know? Yeah. I, I yeah. Are you guys, are you guys yeah. aware? I'm aware. Have you right. seen it on social media or Everywhere. TV? Not enough, actually. Or on your phone or – 
from your Everywhere from I your look. peers or from your friends. Yeah, living in Glassboro currently, I I haven't seen enough of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I don't want Instagram, man. I mean, I you know, I I want to see you know what everyone's up to. Red October, Red October, Red October. Joe Phils, Joe Phils, Joe Phils. Um, look, I, I you know, obviously it's 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 a big game tonight. Phillies, uh, another team that have just been so red hot in the postseason, obviously. And it's different, I think, from last year. Because last year, you know, they're the last wild card team and they go on this great run. This year, the expectations were higher. Um, although they don't win the division, obviously Atlanta has that historical season, which the Phillies put an end to yeah. last week. Um, Atlanta's always built to win that division over 162. But they never seem to get it done. In the, I mean, they won the World Series two years ago, sure. But, <laughs> but outside yeah, of that. The playoffs are a crapshoot. It's hard to win. And the Phillies have taken advantage the last couple of years, and they're doing it again, man. They're putting together this run. But I, just a much more complete team, in my opinion, this year. Um, the lineup is stacked, man. I mean, Schwarber has not even gotten going in these playoffs, and he's really kind of the missing link right now for that Phillies postseason lineup. Uh, you've seen Turner get hits. You've seen Bohm get big hits. Uh, obviously, Bryce Harper has been the star of the show. Castellanos uh, with four home runs in, in the final two games of the series uh, against Atlanta. Phillies are the hottest team in the world right now, man. And uh, they're going to get Zach Wheeler with the ball tonight for game one. He'll go up against Zach Dallin. Should be a great pitching matchup. I want to get your guys' uh, kind of gauge on on. Where you stand with with kind of the chances that Arizona can make this a series? Because an 84-win team in the regular season, although they probably should have won a little bit more than that, they were similar to uh, Texas. They had a little bit of a skid towards the end of the year and locked up um, uh, that final wild card position tied with 84 wins with Miami, who the Phillies obviously beat in the wild card round. Do you guys think Arizona can push this to six, seven games, or is it going to be Phillies, you know, maybe winning the first two at home and then, you know, finishing it in four, five, something like that? I personally have Phillies in six. I think Arizona's pitching is good enough to get them two games. Um, I do think Philly either wins the first two or uh, splits the first two. And then in Arizona, I have the Dimebacks at least winning two games at home. I mean, even with, like, I think Game 3 will be a Brandon Fott uh, starting. His first outing against Milwaukee wasn't great, but against the Dodgers, he really bounced back a little bit. And uh, the Dimebacks have this grit. They're nowhere near the Phillies level, so I think the Phillies do come out with this one in this series, but I think they'll make it close. They're, like I said, Phillies in six. And then, yeah, they should really be – obviously can't look uh, too far ahead, get too ahead of themselves, but Texas-Houston, this is uh, they're probably going to face Philadelphia, if I had to say. Yeah, I mean, and remember, in the best of seven, it goes home, home, and then three in Arizona before two more back here in Philly uh, if we get to that point for game six and seven. Um, so it's not like in the NBA where it's 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. It's 2-3-2. Two, two. And so Phillies really need to go out and take both, I would think, here at home. They can't really afford yeah. to drop a game. Wheeler-Nola in game one and two. They're going against Gallon and Kelly. One, Arizona's two. pitching is good. They have a chance to sneak one. I think they de- I think they win tonight with Wheeler on the mound, but Nola's been shaky all year, and if they can get one with uh, Kelly, Arizona, all ha- all, they have to win two two out of three at home, and mm-hmm. they have the series lead. So it's a toss-up. Not a toss-up. It's uh, definitely – you definitely have to think about this one, but I say Phillies in six. Chris, what do you think? I got Phillies in seven. Phillies in seven. Okay, I like that. This this Arizona team is a very, is a dark horse team because they are. we we did not expect them to sweep uh, the LA Dodgers like they did. 
not even sweep. They dismantled them. Yeah, they did. They did. Kershaw did not look good at all. He gave up, what, like six runs in the first inning? He's really bad in the post. What a catch. If we're just watching the game right now, wow. Who taught him? Who's that? Chaz McCormick, yeah. Chaz McCormick. Sorry, continue your point. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Kershaw did not look good against against Arizona. He looked horrible. He's really bad in the playoffs. I think I I gave this stat last time. I don't know if any three of you guys were were on here because my memory sucked. But I was. Um, I, I was not. You guys. You, so Aiden, I think you you must have heard the stat. His is in the fours. Yeah, his regular season career ERA is like two point four four. It's like four four seven in the postseason. <sighs> Historically, yeah. he has not been that great. He's the, the first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. He but is. I think his postseason woes definitely have cost them a title before four four nine. So, I mean, you think about it. If he was if he was as good as he was. In as he is and has been in the regular season, in the postseason, you'd be talking about him as like maybe the best left-handed pitcher ever, if yeah. you think about it, right? Um, obviously, Randy Johnson was a great postseason performer, and that's kind of elevated his his status. Great pitcher in his own right in the regular season, of course, but Kershaw, yeah. same deal. I mean, his and, run of dominance, right? And as all of us as the Yankee fans, we know how good Andy Pettit was in the playoffs. Yes. He's probably arguably the best left-handed playoff pitcher ever. He's got what, the most... Most wins in World Series history, I want to say, Andy Pettit. Or he's had his shots at so. it. Yeah. And like, if you talk about pitchers all time, Kershaw or Pettit, in, in one game, you would probably take Kershaw. But when you look at the playoffs, Pettit is yeah. the guy. If, you, if you're going to say, you know, a guy's going to be making three, four postseason starts for me, yeah, probably Andy Pettit. And for those who don't know who Andy Pettit is, go, <laughs> go educate It's true. Yourself. Yeah, there's going to exactly. be a lot of people who don't know. Andy Pettit, a few years in Houston, too, yeah. um, before coming back to uh, – the Bronx. His last ever regular season start um, in 2013. The complete game shutout in Houston. If yep. you remember that. Remember that. Yep. I do. Andy Pettit, yeah, one of the uh, one of the uh, core four, right? Ham, Jeter, Posada, and Rivera. And Rivera. Mo. Yeah. Um, Sandman. Yeah, uh, enough Yankees, though. Um, as uh, We'll move on here. Final 10 minutes or so of the show. We're going to wrap up a little early here. Um we should, uh, we should talk some college football, man. College football was yes, great this past weekend. Let's um, do it. Jordan, I know for me and you, we we, uh, we enjoyed that Rutgers come from behind <sighs> win over Michigan State, right? And that, yeah. was, that was pretty nuts. Down 18 in the fourth to go win that game. For me, tells me that Rutgers is finally kind of out of the trenches. That's the a most bit. fight I've seen from behind from this team in a long time. Long I mean, time. Kyle Manangai. Manangai. Manangai is a uh, Don Bosco. Uh, product North Jersey, and that's guy. what Rutgers has to do. They need to keep the Jersey kids in Jersey. New Jersey has some of the best private pu- and public high schools in the country. Hundred percent. Don Bosco, St. Joe's, Bergen Catholic. Bergen Catholic. Yep. If you keep your guys home, you have the whole world in front of you. Yeah. And they're now five and two. Um, I forget what their Big Ten record is. Two and two now. Two and two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they beat North. They're not going to win the conference, obviously, because Michigan, Ohio State, Penn no. State. But they're one <laughs> win away from a bowl game and a real one. <laughs> I mean, just making a bowl game is such a victory for a program that has, in the last two years, won what? What have they won? Four games? Five yeah. games? Um, yeah, I, I, Rutgers, um, obviously, you know, Penn State, you could argue, is more of the local team. Glassboro, about an hour away from New Brunswick. Uh, Piscataway, slash. Yeah, I've um, never understood how Penn State's the local team, just because it's Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, they're four hours out. Penn State is more national, and this area kind of, you know, yeah, I, I guess. Know. Penn State wins as well. I mean, they played UMass, so it's like, okay, good yeah. job. <laughs> they got Ohio State next yeah. week. We'll see how that plays out. Um, 
but yeah, and it was an interesting quote too, just about my nun guy. Um, Mike Teal, if you know who that is, Jordan. He was the quarterback for Rutgers in uh, mid two thousands when they uh, when they went eleven and two in oh six. He was the quarterback. Beat Louisville that team. Yep. Yes, beat them when they were number three. Um, and you're a Rutgers football fan too. Yeah, honestly, they, honestly, they'd be my main team. I'm not really okay. like a diehard fan of a like college football, That's but like fair. Rutgers would be my main team. As long as you have to, we yeah. have to support. They're the, they're the, they're the, the thing. They're forty. They're like 40, 35, 40 minutes from my house. So, mm-hmm. and my brother goes there. So nice. Okay, there you go. So you do have. Well, you got a connection there. Yeah. Have you been to a dance? Recently? I've been to t- I've been to two. I went to this the year? Maryland one in twenty twenty one, and then I went to the Penn State one last year. Nice. You going again this year? I don't know. I don't know yet. Mm, well, I mean, I was they? I was thinking of going to the Ohio State one, but then I was like, I don't. Those nah, tickets are you're, you're gonna leave by the second quarter. My, my yeah. game's gonna be over. Yeah, I, I left like in like the, thir- the uh, I left in the third quarter. The Penn State <laughs> one. I was in the student section with my brother. Nice. It was awesome. That's awesome. I might go to the Rutgers Maryland game at the end of the year. It's it won't mean anything. Last game. We hopefully have six wins by then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but just to finish off on Rutgers, they're definitely on a higher pedestal now. They um, are five and two. If, even if they lose out, this is like the best season since we went to a bowl game in fourteen. Yeah, um, they just need to do better at recruiting. That Houston was their first be- year in the Big Ten. Yes, too. it was. Yeah. They beat Michigan that year too. They did. All we, ha- yeah, I mean, basketball's done it. They're they're definitely one of the better teams in the country. Um, Arias Bailey for the twenty twenty four. They have him recruited, and Dylan Harper. Dylan Harper. He's right there. We saw his <laughs> post yesterday on Instagram. Hashtag not committed. So Dylan Harper, if you're for some reason listening to Rowan Radio, please <laughs> come to New Brunswick. Yes, please. Dylan Harper, Bosco, obviously as well. But put yeah. <clears throat> on that Mike Teal thing. Jalen Berger is the Michigan State running back. He was at Bosco same time as Kyle Manunjai, who's the Rutgers starting running back, Le- leading rusher in the Big Ten, by the way. Kyle Manunjai. Mike Teal was on the radio yesterday because he was the former Bosco coach, and. They asked him why he thinks Manundi runs so hard against Michigan State, and he said because everyone his whole career told him Jalen Berger was better than him. Uh, and now wow. Manundi, I think, at least tripled uh, or doubled or tripled the amount of yards that Berger had yesterday. Manundi had a monster game up over 600 yards at this point. He's, leading, he's, uh, he the is Big a special 10. talent for sure. He's really good, man. He Rutgers runs super hard. Backs as recent. I mean, we had Pacheco, Pacheco just yeah. leave, and now we have Manundi coming Gus in. Edwards in the league? Gus Edwards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what do Raptors produce in a little yeah. NFL? Team? Running back, running back, you, I guess. <laughs> they had Ray Rice in 06. Yes, true, true. Ray I'm Rice. The, I'm the odd man here. Ray I'm Rice not. was a, a monster. So yeah. what are you, what are you, Chris? You got I'm, a team? I'm a Florida State fan. Florida State. I mean, they're pretty good. Florida State is pretty. Did they win this last week? Who they beat? Forty-one Syracuse? three to Syracuse. Forty-one three. Yeah. So too. what's Florida State now? They're they're still six four. And, six and four. zero. Four and zero in the conference. They're looking nice. Jordan Travis and uh, the Keon Coleman there. is um, a man amongst he boys. He, he he is a he is a monster. Um, yeah, yesterday nine catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown for uh, Keon Coleman. Um, perhaps the newest New York Giants wide receiver. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys got other issues. Marvin Harrison, please. Marvin Harrison. Um, some other good games in uh, in uh, the landscape of college football. Let's talk about how Colorado blew a 29-point lead. Yeah, what happened there to Stanford? I mean, I'm 29 nothing at halftime. Sorry I mean, to that's, interrupt, but I know Bradman just made it a 5-2 ball game. Uh, we're all right for now. 5-3, 5-4. They're driving the deep left field. <laughs> <They're all sorts laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, man yes, they did blow a 29-point lead, Colorado. Um, 
Colorado's now what four and three, I think. Um, I, I think, think so. Sounds accurate. Someone verify that. Uh, four and three. People have to realize that they're they yes. weren't going to make that much noise this year. They had their little bit in the beginning. TCU's not good this year, so that win now looks a little, little less. But their defense was never that great. It was really the Shadir mm-hmm. Sanders show. Yeah. And um, all those weapons he's got. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, this team isn't cream of the crop. They're, I think, I mean, obviously a one-win team last year, Jordan. I think they're just fighting for a bowl game too. If they get to six wins, make a yeah. bowl game, it's a win for Dion. It's I a building think. process for Dion for sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a great Pac-12 game yesterday. Washington, Oregon, seven and eight. Washington wins. Yeah, that was, that was an amazing game. Thirty-six, thirty-three. Penix looks legit. He's Pen- he's probably he's got to be the highest. He's my highest runner, favorite. Right? If I had to vote, he's yeah. got to be. Washington scoring with a minute thirty-eight left to take the lead. Mike Mike Penix yesterday. Uh, Four touchdowns over 300 yards. Bo Nitz had a great game as well. 337 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Pac-12, for all the for all the heat they've gotten, the Pac-12 is a pretty good conference. It's is a it shame not? it's going to get broken up. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to have a lot of those teams coming to the Big Ten next year. I don't like that Oregon, Washington, yeah. UCLA, and USC all are going to be in the Big Ten. Like, Rutgers is just getting to <laughs> know, another, right? another standard <laughs> of football, and now we have to play Washington and USC. Well, we better Oregon. hope Caleb Williams comes uh, – you know, declares. Otherwise, that's not going to be good for Rutgers dealing with it. Oh, my God. Imagine <laughs> we go against Caleb Williams. Well, I mean, Rutgers defense is pretty good, so I don't know. I think we do a decent He did get picked off him. three times. Yes. Through three yeah, picks. against Notre Dame. Ago, so. Notre Dame rocking uh, USC. They drop all the way to 18 in the latest. Um, USC can't win the big game. They can't. It's been a, been a trend with them. I think we're going to watch this Jordan at bat and then go off the air. I think I think, I think think we're going to live. You want to play-by-play I here? think we're going to live play-by-play this at bat. I don't want to do it. I do too much. How about someone else? <clears throat> I mean, like, I guess I can I'll uh, do it. take <laughs> a I'll, shot at I'll it. Do it. All three of you, just tell me what's going on here. So, yeah, Jordan, d- foul ball. Um, counts two and two on Alvarez. What are we thinking here? Strikeout, home run, hit-by-pitch. And here's the pitch from Evaldi and... Strike, Strike three, three on the curveball. Curve 77-mile-an-hour curveball from Evaldi. That is his third strikeout of the day. Nice. Two outs Ray. here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Just, just, I mean, what's Joe Davis doing there? Just put Aiden Ray up in the booth. Exactly. He's, he's been really good this year. He has. He's been good the last few years, uh, Nate Evaldi. Beautiful backdoor curveball there. Freezing. Yeah. Alvarez at the knees. I'm happy Texas finally let him – let him really just run wild. Yeah. Let him do his thing. Yep, 100%. No, All no, right. Coming up is Jose Abreu. <laughs> 0 for 1 on the day. He's just going to take charge. And that's a ball. Um, Should we just get yeah, one end of the inning? Let's go to the end of the inning. Yeah. Aiden Ray, play-by-play. Here we go. Abreu, ground out in the second. He has had three home runs and eight RBIs here in this postseason. As he is, their Astros are down 5-2, bottom of the fourth. Here's the pitch. Another outside pitch. A cutter from Evaldi. Counts at 2-0. Oh. It's just some Chris DeZillo color in here. What do you think, Chris? What what what's what's, what's, what's Abreu? What's Abreu doing here? He's looking for an inside pitch. Okay. He's, he's waiting for his pitch. Here's the pitch from Evaldi, and right down the middle on the curveball, right, strike right one at it. You don't swing too well though. It's a, good, it's a good take. Lights that curveball, huh? That, I mean, down three, you can't be swinging at a two L like. That he could easily uh, that's, pop a up hang, a that's a hanger, though. Oh, that's no. a hanger. Yeah, I'd rather have guys on base than have a shot at a home run. Here's the pitch. Two outs, you're right. Oh. Strike two on Jose Abreu. 90-mile-an-hour splitter. I expect him to go back to that curveball, but put it a little low this time so know, Abreu chases. That looks like it was at the knees to me, man. That's a questionable call. Questionable. Once again, Abreu 0 for 1 on the day. Evaldi about to throw pitch number 49 
on the day here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Count is at two and two, and here's the pitch from Uvalde, and foul ball from Abreu. Oh, man, Gets a get piece to, of that one. Looking for that pitch. Strike out Abreu. Come on, dude. I'm hungry. Doesn't he know we got pizza <laughs> with the pros in three Exactly. Minutes? We have pizza with the pros. Jose's got to hurry it up here. Penn State, Ohio State on Fox this Saturday. Nice. <laughs> nice. 2-2. <laughs> two, two, here is the pitch. Strike got three. It. Bingo. Down, down swinging Jose Abreu it's to bad end bad the moment. inning. It's bad his life. And we head to the fifth inning. Rangers lead 5-2 over the Astros here on Fox. All right, Aiden. Cut your mic. Good job there. Uh, I got a little... Little little uh, preview of uh, Aiden's upcoming play-by-play stuff. I'm gonna be doing throughout the winter. Got Rowan Sports. I said I caught your mind, man. My I'm bad. not supposed to talk. Batman's talking to Ice Spice on the commercial, dude. We're we're gonna end it here. Um, it's been offsides on this Monday. Thank you all for coming in, Chris, Jordan, Aiden. Thank you guys. Uh, I think we had some fun on this one, which is uh, which is always good. Offsides is uh five to six p.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. This has been your Monday host, Aaron Hutz, signing off for now, and uh, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.